Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. I'm going to preach a little bit. And uh, again, if this goes great, great. If not, I think it's going to encourage me. Uh, I felt like the Lord gave, dropped a little nugget in my heart, and I'm just going to share it with you. Uh, so it's, it's just a straight up message, okay? Uh, it's a sermon. It's, a, it's a, a word that I think we need to hear. So if you'll stand for the reading of the word, First Chronicles 4 is where we're going. Verse 9, verses 9 and 10. Story of a little guy named Jabez. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. And tonight I'm going to call this message a pain in the devil's neck. A pain in the devil's neck. Some of you are a pain in the devil's neck and you don't even realize it. Some of you are about to be and I'll explain. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Help me to preach. Help us to hear in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, keyboard player. You may be seated while I go ahead and go through this. Jabez is only mentioned here in this tiny passage, but in these few verses, there's enough to let us know how his life started, and then how he pivoted, and then how he ended. And uh, we see how the end did not match the beginning, and the difference was the pivot. His name means sorrow. When Jabez was born, his mother experienced a lot of pain. We're not told if this was just physical pain from the birth or if there were also painful circumstances surrounding his birth. But either way, she saw Jabez as the source of her pain. Interestingly, not Jabez's dad, not nature, which makes it painful to have a kid, not the fall of humanity, not Adam and Eve, but she put the blame for her pain squarely on the tiny shoulders of Jabez, and the blame caused shame, and the shame had a name, Jabez, which meant sorrow. It's like she was saying, I regret having you. You represent sorrow. You represent pain. And Jabez wore the name his mother gave him like an albatross around his Little neck, like a scarlet letter on his little chest. Where was dad? Where were the grandparents? I've preached this before and I'm always amazed by the dad and the grandparents. No one was there to stop the pain, to intervene. No one was there to stop the unfortunate naming of this kid. Maybe they all agreed that the kid really was the source of the grief and the pain. Jabez carried this name, sorrow, pain, as a baby, as a toddler, as a kid, as a teenager, as a young adult, as an adult. 
Think about that. As he goes to preschool, as he goes to school, as he goes to uh, college, as, as he's with his friends, as he grows up, he personifies sorrow and pain. And if that's how he started, well, it looked like that's the way he would live the rest of his life, a painful reminder of a difficult time. That name was like a prophecy attached to his life. Like he was forever doomed and destined to be a pain in the neck of his family. A constant reminder of a time when things went wrong. Well, there he is reminding us of when things went wrong. Now, his family is the subject of 1 Chronicles 4. His family was part of a larger family called a tribe, and it's the tribe of Judah. Everybody say Judah. Judah was the tribe of praise and worship, and they were to lead other families or tribes of Israel in the area of praise and worship. Jabez was supposed to be a worship leader, but for some reason he did not start out in the right place at the right time on the right foot. Are you with me? He started out with a disadvantage that was not his fault. Circumstances that were painful. And Jabez had to make a choice. Will I choose, man I feel the Holy Ghost, will I choose to live the rest of my life as a pain in the neck, holding a grudge because of the circumstances into which I was born, and never living up to my calling and destiny as a member of this tribe of Judah? In other words, would he choose to silence his praise and worship because of his circumstances? They weren't his fault. They were painful. A lot of pain, a lot of shame. Just too much hurt, too much pain, too much regret. I don't feel like praising the Lord. People don't expect me to. If only I had been born into a better situation, then I might fulfill my calling. But thank God that's not the choice Jabez made. He said, in spite of the pain, I choose to move beyond my circumstances and fulfill my calling as a worshiper of the true and living God. He was born with pain. He was a pain in the neck to those around him. But he chose to be a worshiper of Jehovah. And I've just come to tell you that if you're a worshiper of the one true and living God, you are a pain in the neck for the devil. Come on now. His prayer was, I don't want to be a pain to anybody, but in so being a worshiper and a praiser of God, he was a pain in the neck, in the, the neck of the devil in Jesus' name. Now, had he chosen to just cave in to his unfortunate beginning, you would have never heard of him. But because he chose to not be defined by the pain of his past, we're talking about him 35 centuries later. How did he do it? I love this. The Bible says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel. My Bible tells me, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say, 
Whosoever was born in the right circumstances at the right time in the right family with all the right pieces in place, if they call on the name of the Lord, the Lord will save them. No, whosoever. Aren't you glad it's whosoever and not whosoever is perfect? It's whosoever. It's not whosoever comes from the right family and the right situation and the right side of the tracks. It's whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. And God saved a whosoever like Jabez in spite of his trouble, in spite of his pain, and he became big trouble for the devil and a pain in the neck of the devil. Now, I'm going to preach tonight. I hope you're with me. If you're not, that's okay. Because if you're not, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to leave here encouraged, and I'm going to Cracker Barrel, and I'm going to eat a country fried steak because I'm hungry. You don't have to let the circumstances you were born into dictate if you will worship Jesus or not. And I'll tell you something else. You'll never be a pain in the neck for the devil if you do let the circumstances of life dictate your praise and worship. But if you'll worship Jesus in your pain while you're suffering pain, when your name might be synonymous with pain and a reminder of a lot of hurtful circumstances, if you'll worship anyway, there ain't no devil in hell that can stand that kind of worshiper. People judged Job and wrote him off. They wagged their heads and walked by him and clucked their tongues at him. Look at him. He's a mess. He's a wreck. He had it all together. He was high and lifted up. Thought he was all that. Richest man in the east. My foot. Now look at him. It is pain. Nobody would go into business with him now. Just a few weeks earlier, everybody wanted to be in business with him. He was rich. He was wise. He had all the stuff going his way. Now he couldn't find a business partner if he wanted one. Nobody wanted to be around him. He was stinky. He was smelly. He had sores. He was a mess. Nobody believed God could turn his pain around. Even old Mrs. Job said, old man, why don't you just go ahead and curse God and die? But old Job, in his pain, in the suffering, said, The Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. I was naked when I was born, I'll be naked when I die, blessed is the name of the Lord. In my flesh I know I'm going to see my God, I'm going to praise Him anyway. Listen to me. People may have lied on you, libeled you, labeled you, hung a name on you. You're miserable. You're a wreck. You're offensive. Instead of you getting offended, why don't you just praise God in your pain and in your suffering and become a pain in the neck for the forces of hell? Come on, give God some praise right now in Jesus' name. I'm trying to get down where the rubber meets the road because sometimes it ain't easy to praise the Lord. Sometimes the music, they're not playing the right song. Sometimes they're off key. I shouldn't say that. We have a fantastic band and music department and whatnot. 
is, you know, good guitar players maybe. But, you know, somebody's, somebody's off, I don't know. They're not singing your favorite song, the sound's not right, it's too loud, it's too soft, whatever. Uh, you know, we got haze, we don't have haze. You know, we've got something's wrong, but instead of getting your attention on that, I've, I've learned, I've, I've learned, personally, I've learned. I don't care what style of music it is. I don't care if it's hot, cold. I don't care what part of the world I'm in. If they're lifting up the name of Jesus, I want to be right in the middle of them. I don't always feel like it. No, of course not. But he's worthy no matter how I feel. If he never does anything else for me, he deserves my best. He deserves my praise. He deserves for me to lift my hands and lift my voice and shout unto God and and dance before the Lord and kneel before him. He is worthy of my praise. Let me show you something. Mark 5. My all-time favorite story of the Bible. The maniac at Gadara. Maniac. I I got a hold of this. I was asked to teach a class when I was a kid, a Sunday school class, and I came across this passage, and it reminded the maniac sounded like Pontiac. I thought this sounds like a car, a a car model, you know, a a manufacturer. It's the Pontiac of Gadara, you know. It's the maniac at Gadara. Mark 5. Listen to this. Then they came to the other side of the sea. To the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Who had his dwelling among the tombs. Everybody say pain. Unclean spirit. Tombs. No one could bind him. Not even with chains. Pain. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. Everybody say pain. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him like an animal. Tame him. And always night and day was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Pain. When he saw Jesus from afar, God help us, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice. This is the devil in him speaking through his vocal cords. What have I to do with with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. The devil was tormented. You see that? But how does that work? He's a spirit. How is he tormented? I mean, the, ch- I don't, the chains didn't seem to bother him. He didn't say, well, all these chains are tormenting me. Now, they were hurting the man, but not the devil. He's like, now the devil's like, I'm tormented. The maniac was in pain. Cold, hot, chain, exposed, cut, vulnerable, hurting. God only knows what had led to this situation in his life, the horrifying conditions, the things that happened in his childhood that opened up doors, spiritual doors. Unbelievable. 
He was most certainly not this maniac of Gadara, a pain in the neck of the devil, until he ran to Jesus and started worshiping Jesus. And when he started worshiping Jesus, he wasn't in pain, but the devil got in pain. He became a pain in the neck to the devil. I am convinced you can transfer your pain over onto the devil as you praise Jesus in the middle of your circumstances. The maniac who had been in pain became the man as he transferred that pain over onto the devil through his running to Jesus and worshiping him. I wish I had some people who on a Wednesday night, come on, with no music, no cheerleading, but you would worship the Lord in your pain and you would begin to transfer that to where the devil started saying, I am tormented in this house. I am tormented with this man's praise and worship. Come on, church, give him some praise. Give him some praise. Give him some praise. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. And I think to the extent that you worship and praise, you will transfer that pain. I'm going to be honest with you. I've worshiped the Lord in some painful situations. But what I have learned is when I break through in that moment... I'm not, I'm, I'm in a different realm. I'm in a different, I'm not worried. I'm in his presence. Because he inhabits the praises of his people. And I'm feeling the presence of God and the worry has lifted and the peace has come. And I'm in the presence of God. Hey, I understand. I'm going to land. I'm going to walk out of here. And I'm going to have to really struggle and discipline myself to not worry and to walk in faith and all that kind of But in that moment, y'all, in his presence... There's fullness of joy at his right hand, the hand of his power. There are pleasures forevermore. It's a different realm. And when I'm in that place, y'all, and I'm feeling good, the devil is feeling bad. You want to be a pain in the neck for the devil? Worship the Lord in your pain. You want vengeance? On the devil, I, mean, I know the Bible said, vengeance is my say of God. But you want to see what God does on your behalf? You begin to worship the Lord in spite of your circumstances. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. He had learned the power of worshiping no matter what was happening, no matter what was going on. And this little maniac of Gadara, thousands of demons can't stop him. He runs and that devil is like, I am tormented. And that little dude, all, really, he's, he's 
you hear what's coming out of his mouth. He has slid in. He's just on his knees. He can't do much worship. He, he's got issues. He's got problems. He's full of the devil. But he has run and he's dropped to his knees. Devil speaking out of him. Why have you come to torment me? But that little man is bowing before the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And that little act of worship was enough to exact torment, torture, on the devil. Thank God. Thank God. Come on, give God some praise. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise that you might steal the avenger. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, and the kids are crying out in praise and worship. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the religious folks, they hate praise. Religious folks hate praise. Religious folks hate praise and worship, especially when it gets out of control. I've told you this story before. We're not on TV. I was an Episcopal worship leader for four and a half years. I was really a Pentecostal worship leader hired by the Diocese of Baltimore to lead worship in a particular church on Sunday mornings, a contemporary service. And they told me, whatever you do, whatever you do, do not encourage people to raise their hands. We don't want any of the speaking in tongues business. We don't want anything to get out of order. Because by God, we start at 9, and we're done at 9.59. We got the schedule, we got the lectionary, we got a lot of things we got to cover. And, and just to make sure that, now listen to this, listen to this craziness right here. They're like, they said we, we were using their facility as a place where we were meeting um, to, uh, to do our own services. And as a church plant, we were starting a church in Maryland. And they said, uh, we want to hire you to do the worship in our, in our service. And uh, I said, uh, Father Mark, man, like, I'm on a different planet than you. He's like, I know, man. I know, man. He's like, we want you to introduce us to new ways to worship the Lord, you know, man. And I was like, well, let me pray about it. He's like, well, we'll pay you like $400, $450 a week. And I said, I got my answer. So I, yes, yes, Lord. I praise the Lord. Where do I start? This is way back, man. Way back. They had money. When I tell you they had money, oh, my Lord. I was like, oh, well, there you go. Okay, well, praise the Lord. Yeah, when do we start? And all I had to do was meet with, with him once a week and go over new material, meet with the band uh, before church, like an hour before church, and then we'd start at 9. And, man, we were, it was just amazing. It was just amazing gig four and a half years and but so they wanted me because I was different they wanted me to teach them new ways of worshiping the Lord at the same time they're like we don't want any new ways to worship the Lord as a matter of fact we're gonna put you behind back there like behind the audience you're gonna stand back there where nobody can see you we're gonna put your little band back there and you lead back there and so for four and a half years I led from back there uh I've I've that I can make all kind of jokes, but I'm not going to make those serious. But anyhow, so 
I, I led back there for four and a half years. But, man, I'm just telling you, it, when you it's kind of like faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And I'm not saying that I was the only sincere person in the room because I certainly wasn't. There's was a lot of devoted, sincere people in the room. But when, when worship starts going forth from a heart of faith, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I've told you all before, I, I teach Bible studies, and I don't care if people are atheists or not. Like, I don't care. That's great. If you're an atheist, awesome. Because if you'll sit and listen to me tell these Bible stories from the word and I share the faith, you're going to fight to not believe because faith's coming. My Bible tells me that faith's coming. It's how can they hear without a preacher? How can they preach except they be sent? So it is written. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing. So the, the idea is if somebody's declaring who believes, faith's coming. And when somebody's worshiping in faith, the presence of the Lord's going to drop in that room. And I saw it happen in that old ancient church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. We would get to singing a song, and the presence of the Lord would begin to drop in that house, and people would start crying and lifting their hands, and the priest give me the stink eye, you know, and I'm like, it ain't me, you know, I'm just, I'm just singing, you know, but it was the presence of God in the house. It became the fastest growing service in the entire diocese, and they asked me, how do we duplicate this? I said, hire Pentecostal worship leaders for crying out loud. They, they, they didn't. They did hire the next guy after me, though, was, was, was apostolic. So what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is this, that, that there's something powerful. Religious people hate exuberant from the heart, extemporaneous. They just hate that kind of worship, that expression. They want to shut it down and control it. And that's what happened when Jesus came in at the triumphal entry. And those kids were yelling, Hosanna, Lord of God in the high. And he's fulfilling prophecy to the day. I've preached about it before, man. It's like phenomenal how he, he chose that day to walk in to Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. It was, it was a prophecy. It was ancient prophecy. And it's from the book of Daniel. He's fulfilling it to the day. From, from Haggai, from some other prophet, he's fulfilling it to the day. Zechariah, he's fulfilling it to the day. And he's coming in, and the kids are just worshiping and praising God. And the religious are like, do you hear what they're saying? Shut them down. You know why they were doing that? Jesus told them, you're of your father the devil. They were tormented. They were tormented. Ah, I can't stand this, you know. Rather than chiming in and saying, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We're going to give you all the praise. Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. I mean, instead of that, they're resisting it and pushing. And they were tormented by the worship of these ignorant kids. Kids. They didn't know the Bible like these Pharisees and Sadducees. But they, they, they knew something was up. And they were praising the Lord. I'm telling you, there is something so powerful. Somebody doesn't have to be a, a deep Bible scholar, some kind of theologian. But, but if, if they've encountered the divine and, and, they're, and they're begin to worship from a heart of faith, the, the, de the devil is tormented by that kind of worship and praise. And if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have to choose a side, I'll choose uh, an ignorant, 
I got to be careful how I say this because I used to say it a certain way, and now it's offensive. But an ignorant banjo player with bad teeth and messed up hair and uh, uncouth, but a heart for Jesus, I'll take that any day over the professional Everything's just right. Everything's just perfect. Everything's synced up just right. But there ain't no spirit. There's no anointing. There's no faith in that. I'll take the, the messy over the clean if it's, if it's genuine and it's honest and there's a, there's a power of worship in it. I'll take that any day. And the devil would rather the other. Because it, it's a high, as we used to say, high church. It's high they got it all just right. It's high church. Everybody looking their part. But there's no power. There may be goosebumps because of the talent level. But there's no goosebumps because the anointing. And it is the anointing that removes the burden and destroys the yoke in Jesus. Now, can you stand with me right now? In old Jabez. The Bible says in spite of his label, sorrow. He was more honorable than his brothers because he called on the God of Israel. I really love that because it doesn't say the God of Jacob, but the God of Israel. Jacob started out one way, ended up another way. Started out as a liar, a politician, uh, a conniver, but he ended as Israel, a prince with God. So how did that happen? Well, he had an encounter, changed his life. His name was changed. And so Jabez is like, you changed Jacob's name to Israel. You don't have to change my name. I'm just going to worship you anyway. Jacob started out with that encounter as Jacob. He was hanging on. To God as Jacob. He wasn't hanging on to God as Israel. He's hanging on to God as Jacob. And Jabez is like, I'm going to hang on to you as Jabez. You, I can be called Jabez the rest of my life if that's the testimony you want from me. But I, I, I'm just, I'm calling on you, God of Israel. I want you to expand my territory. Don't let me shrink in this tiny spot because of my circumstances. Let me grow and burst forth, God. Let me make a difference in people's life. And that's the idea. Let me make a difference. Let me be a difference maker in people's life. Let me change the atmosphere when I walk in the room. And I'm not a pain in anybody's neck except the devil's in Jesus' name. I may have had a messed up past. I may come from a messed up background. Circumstances that were crazy and painful and hurtful people look at me and I'm a reminder but but Lord if you'll help me I, I'm gonna I want this I want to change this so when they look at me they say now there's a testimony there's a testimony there's somebody that old maniac at Gadara when he got his act when 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 the Lord changed him and he got his act together he became an evangelist went to Decapolis Decapolis is 10 cities he seeded the gospel that would eventually be one of those cities was Damascus and there were believers in Damascus 
Paul the Apostle Saul at the time had letters from the religious to go stop and kill the, the believers in Damascus. And on his way to Damascus, he struck down and he sees the Lord. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus whom you persecute. I'm going to change your life, old boy. Saul becomes Paul. What was the genesis of that? Maniac at Gadara. Running. The devil's crying out from his voice, you know, like, what are you doing here? But the old man, the, the, the real guy on the inside is bowing the knee. And there's a torment taking place in hell. I just felt this, y'all. I just want to torment the devil a little bit. Aren't you tired of the devil tormenting you? We're going to turn the tables here for the next few minutes. We don't have the entire band and all the stuff, but I, we don't need it. It's just you, me, the presence of God in this house. Come on, let's just take a few minutes here at the end. We're a little bit early. Take a few minutes here. I want you to just... Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.